Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Well, well, well. We got there. 300 episodes. It's a lot of bullshit talking, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Knife Talk with myself, Craig Lockett of Shop Knives, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and... Marekko Marmassi of Marmassi Fire Arts. <sighs> Big show today. Big show. We've managed to get to 300, which is which is a miracle. And I'm thinking, if we're doing hour and a half per show, that's 450 hours of your precious time where you've been listening to us. So thank you all for listening. Why, why do you think it's a miracle? Because did, people, because other did podcasts you think, crap Did you out think when I first right? said, would you like to be on my shitty little podcast, that you'd be here, what, <laughs> yes. four or five years later? Yeah. You did? Wow. Yes. I mean, you I, really I, are a psychopath, I, aren't you? <laughs> when I do these things, when I do things, I, you know, I, let's go. You're in. I can either in or I'm out. You know? <laughs> nice, so. nice. Okay. So anyway, let's start with you. How's, how's the week been? It was great. I was at the, <clears throat> I was at the Center for Metal Arts last weekend uh, teaching a weekend workshop, and there were a lot of Knife Talk listeners there. Our boy uh, Kyle Heath was there, and he was terrific, and, and Ben Coffin, and all lots of other guys who uh, listen to the podcast. I tell you what, you go down to the Center for Metal Arts, you're in for a treat because uh, I got to hang out with their visiting artist who's doing, uh, there's going to be a massive conference, the Camp Cambria Iron Conference on the 16th of September. And it's just like, it's incredible. And what they're doing every time I'm down there, they're making forward progress. And I had a pat on full blast and that was, he was, he's addressing, he's addressing the needs that people are coming into and it's great. And the classes that are going to be coming up are really cool. And I was very invigorated as always is very inspiring. So that was really good. And then I came back to the shop and we're, I'm working on two bids right now to for two big projects that would really, 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 really be good. Um, so mm. we're kind of back and forth with, you know, pricing and back and forth with, you know, it's bids and trying to make them happen. So, so are these big orders for like, uh, you know, big multiples? Well, yeah, one of them, one of them, uh, Allison, who <laughs> Allison, uh, uh, AZ had just got back from uh, Burning Man and she oh, had Jesus. a great time and it was amazing. <laughs> and uh, it, she, she had an awesome time and I'm actually going to have her on full blast at some point to talk about it. Cause she said everything that people said in the news and stuff like that was just completely ridiculous because it wasn't, it wasn't like some sort of, 
it was really cool. I actually had a long conversation about what it was like. And she's been working on this, uh, bid with a restaurant and, um, it would be a pretty, you know, it'd be a pretty sizable order we could do. I'm really excited about, uh, nice. trying to get last minute details on pricing and options and stuff like that. And then something came through last night that we had to, I had to stop everything and get everybody on the horn to kind of figure out a game plan for and hmm. trying to make this, trying to lock this deal up this weekend, which would be another, another nice little, nice little thing. So it's, it feels good to be back. It feels good to be back in the shop. Very nice. But I'm tired so though. I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Super yeah. busy getting ready for maker camp. I did, uh, I did this kind of like, I try to, the hard part about Maker Camp is, is you don't want to bring your whole shop. And I really tried to figure out a way to bring as much as possible. But I try to minimize the volume of stuff because you don't have a lot of room either. So I made this uh, plate that allows my um, my post vise to fit in the hardy hole of the anvil. And it was really, really great. And it was like problem solving. And it was, uh, it was a good little fix. And... You know, just feeling pretty. I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. good How good, high good. up does that put your post vice then? Because most That's, post vice are about three. It's feet lower tall. than uh, I mean, lower than it would be if it was on a table. Yeah. You know? So I mean, if my handles, you know, balls height, it's just like another, so another it's up eight to your inches eyes? up. So no, it's not about my eyes. It's like you know, waist height. Like actually looking at it right oh, now, it's I got, the same I got height. you. I got you. It's this. I'm not. Not the post is on the top. Of the, I'm not I, on that's the ladder. Not you're saying vice. that's the way it sounded. No, it sounded like no. the bottom of the vice was in the hardy well, hole. Why the fuck would I bring a fucking nine foot ladder to use a post vice? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I was fucking confused. No, I, you know, you have a the way a post vice works is you have the mounting plate, and the mounting plate fits on a table or a stand. I got you. And I just made an adapter plate that fits the holes of the of the um, uh, of the mounting plate, and then I just adapted it to fit the the height of the anvil. So I mean, it's the jaws are the same height as any other set of um, vice in the in the shop. So I got you. It was cool. See, I've never heard it called the mounting plate. So I've it's there's I've, no mounting plate. I mean, I made it up. I don't know. I've never known what the okay. fuck to call it. I mean, <laughs> well, I have I have kind of a quote unquote mounting plate that my anvil. Or my anvil, my post vice attaches to up at the top near the vice, but the bottom, it, there's also a much thicker plate that acts as the foot for the whole vice. So it's all very solid, but it's also semi mobile. The whole thing weighs like 250 pounds. Yeah, well, it's this is like a this is a 30 pound vice that I want to yeah. be able to bring with me. No, it's good. Without it's having a, without having a schlep. 300 pounds so it was just like kind of but it was neat because there was a lot of blacksmiths giving me their advice and it was just like i did a lot of rolling my eyes and, <laughs> and basically saying and, and, and also not to mention i got some advice that was so idiotic that i was just like you're using words that you don't even know what you're talking about one guy says you should forge it down and make a tenon and it's like and now what then what what are you talking why are you using words at me that you don't even know what they mean. <laughs> Why are you using words at me? But I mean, using words that you don't even understand what they mean. Have. Oh, you know what you should do? You should make a fucking tenon. And I'm like, okay, and then what? And then there's nothing. It's, not, yeah. it's funny. Whatever. I'm with you. Mm. Mm. Right. Okay. So you're dealing well with the empty nest syndrome anyway. Yeah, we're having a great... Actually, good, good. <clears throat> this morning I drove Hillary to work. It's a Saturday, and I drove her to work so I could take the car back, and we're going to go to a Yankee game tonight, this afternoon. Oh, nice. So, yeah, we're... We have going to art shows, and we're having dinner out. We're having nice long conversations. Everything's everything's good. You know, everything's it's back to the old days, back to the old yeah. '90s, which was a lot of fun. Well, I've I've dived into that. So I'm currently in Wales, um, and I'm staying at my sister's house here. 
and her her son has just gone off to university. Right. So it's completely empty house here as well. So yeah, I'm the I'm the replacement. So you know, I'm I'm just farting a lot, eating all the snacks, asking <laughs> nice. for money. You know, just trying to keep her trying to keep her happy. You know. Um, but she did drag me this morning to a bloody park run, and I haven't done a park run for like two years at least. Oh boy! Uh, um, and I'm dying. I'm absolutely dying. How long you run? Here. It's only five k. Okay, that's but good. But I haven't done I haven't done any running for literally years, years, and um, I struggled all the way around. And she just shouted me the whole way and kept me going. But so, that's yeah, a, I, I, I for, did it, but. For not a running for a long time, 5K is not nothing. I mean, that's yeah. like three, yeah. three well, and change miles. I can definitely feel it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course you can yeah. feel it. She, 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 uh, she rope-a-doped you. You didn't yeah. even give you a chance to kind of like do a mile here, do a mile there. She puts you right into three miles. That's a that's kind of a <laughs> yeah. shitty she's thing gonna to break do. me. So that she's doing it a sponsored climb up a mountain tomorrow as well. She's like, you should come. And I'm like, oh, oh I should not. Come <laughs> <there>. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Um, so yeah so I, I'm pretty busy here so um, I arrived what, two days ago um, stuck in admin hell for a day to, trying to sort out passports for the kids and all the rest to renew them um, went to a gig last night which is quite nice and um, yeah so I'm here now twiddling my thumbs ready for my kids passports to be renewed um, for them to arrive in the post so it could be up to a week um, mm. and then I'm then I'm back to sunny France yes that's fast Oh, it takes yeah, a week? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's only a renewal. You know, it's like a fast-track renewal thing, yeah. yeah. They say a week, okay. but, you know, who knows? I could have camped here for three months. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's in the United States. is like, it's ridiculous. All the passports get renewed in Hawaii. All the passport oh, wow. stuff oh, wow. is all done in Hawaii. Really? So when I had my passport problems, I was getting renewed. I, I was lost in the shuffle. And uh, yeah. when I t- finally got a hold of someone after, it was like, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks being late. They said, oh, yeah, yeah. they print oh, everything wow. in Hawaii, so you never know how long it's going to take. I'm just like, everything's fucking done in Hawaii? She's like, yeah, yeah. All the passports Jeez. are built in, are built, are made in Hawaii. Yeah. So, But I'm really fortunate here, because where my sister's house is, we are literally 10 minutes from like the, the UK passport office. Um, so I physically went, you know, and had a meeting oh, with nice. them. We, we sorted it out. So, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be quick. Hopefully it'll be quick. That's good. And, and, and you unique. guys are over there because of the, the new property, right? No, we didn't get it. We didn't get it. And in fact, we didn't even bid in the end. Um, So the bidding was Tuesday, um, but we've got a builder in the family and there's like an open day. You could go and have a look and have a look around. And he he went and yeah, his response was, don't touch it with a barge pole. The the roof is is caving in and all that kind of thing. It was like, oh man. Why are you surprised? When you you sent me what the price was, I'm like... (laughs) There is like a fucking <laughs> nuclear waste facility underneath. There, there's no way that there's no way that there but, wasn't a problem. Do you know what the biggest problem is? We we knew there'd be work to be done, such as the roof or whatever. Um, you know, which isn't too much of a problem. But the the big problem is it's a listed building, so any work that you you get done, um, you you know you've got to ask permission to yeah. for it to be done, and they'll tell you exactly how it needs, what materials need to be used, oh, and it's just a massive. Oh. It can take months and months just for approvals, so it's a ball ache. So when you like, sent no, me the price, I was just like, "There's something massively. There's like you know, <laughs> this is massively wrong with this space that they were. You would be surprised, at. Jeff. Derelict buildings here in Wales, you would be very surprised how cheap things are. Yeah. What was it like? Ten k. Um, twenty five. Wow. Which is nothing. The old chapel. Yeah, no. Yeah. 
The roof yeah. would be well, twenty-five. Well, that, that was the reserve price on, on the uh, on the auction, but it didn't actually go. Um, it didn't it didn't reach the reserve in the auction, so it hasn't actually been sold anyway. Yeah, because there's some <laughs> there's <laughs> something catastrophically wrong with the whole block. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, it's like where it, cancer it, no, it's was just, discovered it wasn't or something. So much, it wasn't so much the roof and the damage. It's more of a case of the fact that it's listed. And you know the time it would take to get things approved. Yeah. I think that's the issue. It's on Ebola Street. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And uh, so what else? So yeah. So I'm here. Um, so Wednesday, there's a, there's another gig which I'm I'm sort of putting on promoting, uh, like a '90s band. And then Thursday, we go to a studio to record a single. Um, me and and my band. So nice. So yeah. So I've got a few things to do this week. I'm not just you know twiddling my thumbs. I suppose. Um, yeah, quite an exciting week. Look at you. That's great. Look at you. I'm glad you didn't oh, get that. that I, I'm glad you didn't get that church. It sounded really? like a fucking disaster. <laughs> as soon as it, the price came, I'm like, look at this church. Look how cheap it is. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason we're so fucking cheap. I'm so glad you didn't even fool around with it. Can you imagine? We were close. We were close to putting in a cheeky bit at least anyway, but no, we didn't in the end. No. Rick, so, Morocco, what's, going on? Oh, what's been going on? Uh, well, first off, I, I'm going to start with some bad news. I had to oh. cancel the class in New Hampshire uh, over at Zach Jonas's. There, uh, oh. there just wasn't enough uh, people signing up. So we had to actually cancel that class, oh, no. which is actually a little bit of a relief because we've been traveling around a lot already this year and we still have more mm. to do. So it'll be actually a little bit of a relief to not have to, or not have to, but to not have that on the plate uh, along with everything else. Um, but... I am still excited about Makers Camp, and I do have a private lesson sign set up for after Makers, which is going to be good. Oh. Uh, I, I, I'm curious, though, to the audience who might be in, going to Maker Camp. Um, so the demos I have set up, I'm going to do one a day. Uh, I'm doing blade grind, or at least right now I have blade grinding, handle sculpting, and then some sort of Damascus demo. Right now I'm thinking of doing um, my, my uh, Damascus kiss where i use math to like figure out different damascus billets and stuff like that and uh, as well as like forging out blades and whatnot it's something i've been trying to share but i don't feel like a lot of people are actually getting it or using it and uh, it could really I, I it's a super helpful process for helping to estimate material and and come up with really cool billet constructions and stuff and uh, mm. not many people are using it can um, i tell you why and this is something that we talk about. <laughs> I'll tell you, no, this uh, seriously, there's a bit. huge problem. There's a yep. huge problem in the blacksmithing and bladesmithing community yeah. where they're less interested in philosophy and more interested in the thing that they want to make. They're not as interested in the learning these things as something that overall, the overall as that is a useful class. That is a useful idea to understand volume. And yeah. it would it would it would benefit them throughout the course of their history as moving material. Yes. But they just don't want it. They don't want that stuff. They want to be able to make a hammer. They want to make a pair, fucking knife. And I'm telling you, that's a giant problem. Giant. I think problem. it's to take away rather than the theory. Yeah. It's probably it's the not market. a theory. I'm probably not. No. Yeah. No. I mean, my my what I said isn't a theory. It's a fact. I mean, that's that's the big problem that you know the. The Center for Mental Arts having people just are, it's it's harder and harder to find people to take these classes that are broadening for your whole experience as opposed to just one immediate thing. 
I think I, I might, my marketing approach might be not be the best either. I'm starting to realize I should just be like, Hey, you want to make knives like me? Come take this class <laughs> or something like that. Right. Probably right. Just, <laughs> just keep it super <laughs> basic. Too. Instead of being like, do you want to understand how to formulate uh, <laughs> material volume and figure out? So you're not leaving any waste and blah, blah, blah. That's not very interesting. Anyway, so uh, what I am interested, though, is uh, people who are going to Maker Camp, what you would be interested in uh, seeing from me. Because, like, I talked to Austin. He wanted some class names. Uh, but th it's kind of fluid. Like, I could change it up if I want, uh, you know, it, right now. There's still time to change it up. I probably need to firm it up about a week out at least. Um, but again, right now I just have handle sculpting, blade grinding and something with Damascus. Um, I could also demo some like new forge welding techniques that I've come up with and I don't know other stuff. Uh, last year I did actually a, an integral forging demo, but at the same time over in the forging tent, there were a bunch of guys forging integrals. I'm like, well, shit, why did I forge do a forging integral forging demo when all these guys are doing that too? So I, I'd be curious what people are input in. Uh, send me a message on Instagram. Um, when it, when is it? When is Make a Comp? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the first weekend in October, so it's seventh uh, to the tenth, I believe. I'm like cool. a, pseudo asking Jeff. Something um, like that. Something like that. It's the first weekend in October. Um, and then let's see what else going on. Oh, I just finished up my sayas for a couple of knives that I've, um, one that's been needing a saya for a while. And another one is the blade I finished up for Blade Show. Um, it, I got that sold and then the customer wanted a saya, so I built one. And it, it took a little bit, but um, just kind of to remember the process because I don't make sayas very often. And I've been trying to make notes along the way too. But I do, I've started doing this thing where I do like a leather inlay on the inside of the wooden saya because mm. um, I don't want, you know, I spend all that time making the Damascus pattern. Like it would, it's a bummer if something gets in the saya and it's only wood in there and it starts rubbing around on it and scratching it up. So I feel, I feel like the leather helps kind of keep things nice. But for all so I know, is that epoxy to, to to the wood? Basically, yeah, it's glued up yeah. to the wood. Yeah, yeah. And so, and but you have to like recess it in a way so that as you put the knife into the sheath, it doesn't catch to the leather. It's not going to and yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of a. Production. It's a bit of a process. Yeah, it's a bit of a production. But when it's done, it's fucking great. It's cool. So I got those done. Next up, I'm working on a replica of a... What's his name? Bob Loveless knife. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. Cool. Yeah. He did... Uh, all. For people who don't know, he did these kind of... Uh, mostly hunters. He did some bowies and stuff like that, but mostly hunters. And uh, the way he would put the guard on, it looked like an integral guard, but they were always kind of silver soldered on uh, and riveted in place. And he would do full tang knives. Uh, I forged a full integral knife, so integral guard, integral tang, uh, and blade out of stainless mosaic. And so that is the next thing on the list, and that's gonna it's gonna take a little bit, but um, I think it's gonna be good when it's done. What's yeah. interesting? You wearing the hat? Wearing the hat while you're making the loveless knife? <laughs> what? Well, yeah, the Not fucking quite. sweet hat. Yeah. I, t I <laughs> yeah, tell you, yeah. what's interesting is the whole Bob Loveless thing. Is he? If it wasn't for Bob Loveless, there might not be the ABS, because he was a stock removal guy, <clears throat> and okay. he believed in stock removal and these specialty. I had um, I had uh, Laren Thomas on, and he was talk talking the history of Bob Loveless and Bill Moran, and 
you know, it was like these two diametrically opposed philosophies on knife making. And, sure. you know, the Bob Loveless philosophy was more about like, you know, you don't tell me what I can do. I'm going to do whatever I, whatever I want and I'm going to use yeah. the steel and do it and I don't need a forge. So it's interesting that you, you're doing it, but also you're also using the kind of forging philosophies too. It's kind of going to be a neat thing to say. Yeah. Well, and I was talking to somebody who's kind of uh, somewhat of a historian on modern knife making and, and knows a lot about Bob Loveless. And he's like, Bob Loveless would fucking is is going to roll over in his grave. Yeah. He fucking hated Damascus. <laughs> and I was like, really? And he's like, well, think about it. <laughs> in his time when he was making knives, on, unfortunately, there was a lot of bullshit Damascus out there. And so, um, but... Nowadays, with modern technology and better understanding and skills, I think he would probably be okay with Damascus. Um, and so my, my thought is to make a replica of his work using material that I thought he would be happy to use. So, yes. yeah. okay. Are you going to use well, Loveless well, Bolts? Hulking. Sorry. Sorry. You can use Loveless Bolts? Yeah. That's so, because it's, a, it's, a, a, it's stainless mosaic, I want to be able to, for the handle scales to come off. And I know there are really simple ways, but I'm trying, I have an idea for kind of a, a, a tricky way to do bolts um, that allow me to kind of disassemble the handle, still have that classic look, but not actually be the classic assembly. Um, so that you can actually take it apart and see also the pattern down in the tang because there's also a lot of really interesting and beautiful pattern down in the tang material as well as the blade because it's all forged out of the same stainless mosaic. Um, and I, I hate for it to all just get covered up. You could see it around the border of the tang, but it wouldn't be the same as seeing it on the, I guess, from the faces of the tang. That sounds cool. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see sounds like a goes. fun project too. A little bit of problem solving, but it should be good. Go. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Well, whilst we're talking about fun builds out of stainless Damascus, the Dharma Steel build along pieces, how are you all getting along, <laughs> listeners? Oh. So remember, we need we need to see these. You need to hashtag Dharma Steel build along with with some pictures of what you're building. Um and once you're happy and once you're you've finished your piece Get a really nice image together and email it to dci at dharmasteel dot com um, because then you'll be in the competition for the for the uh, chef invitational, which is in November, um, and they've got prizes for the winner as well. So yeah, so make sure you well. It'd be nice to see you know how you're building and what you're building with the with the hashtag dharmasteel build along on Instagram. But once you've got it, once you've nailed it, it's finished, and you've got a lovely picture of it, please email dci at dharmasteel dot com. Um, where yeah they'll be judged and we, we will be picking winners. So there's going to be two winners. So um, so Pear, who's the, uh, the the CEO of Dharma Steel, he's going to pick a winner, and we're going to pick one. Knife Talk is going to pick a winner as well. So it's going to be cool. So remember, Dharma Steel is the stainless Damascus of champions. Um, head over to uh, dharmasteel.se. Um, you'll be able to see all the patterns they've got, um, and they are Dharma Steel AB on Instagram. You'll be able to see the kind of stuff people are making with Dharma Steel. Always special stuff, but um, yeah, we're really excited to see what you've been making for this for this Dharma Steel build along. Have you guys started yours at all? I st- I started mine weeks and weeks ago. Yes, yeah. So I'm making a uh, a charcuterie knife. Nice. Yes. Mm. So all of these knives they they need to be a culinary knife of some sort, but obviously we've got that limitation of it's quite a small piece that everybody has, um, and I'm not quite sure how many people are doing it because we originally started with 50 pieces 
of this steel, but they sold out very quickly, so mm. they made more. And I'm not quite sure how many more they made. <laughs> but we've got quite a few quite a few people doing the build along. But yeah, it's nice it would be nice to start seeing what you guys are doing. Well, I just got the like idea in my head. Like a bunch of people just bought it because it was like a good price and they're not gonna do the build along. <laughs> so you better you better fucking do the build along, fuckers. <laughs> I have a terrible admission in regards to this <clears throat> you haven't started have you i lost the piece of material <laughs> oh gee, how can you lose it i don't know i don't know I was you didn't l- put it up on the shrine i i put i thought that i put it with the rest of the stuff i have for you know material exotic material and mm. i was looking for it i was like eh, you know what i wish you could look at that piece again and i was like have you seen it? and then i was like looking around i was looking at all the places and i said hey david you see that you see that piece of damage seal and he goes no why i'm like i can't find it He's like, would well, you put it in that drawer over there? And I looked, I had it and put it in that drawer. And I'm like, oh, better find it. <laughs> so, so Carly, don't listen to that last part. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll make it happen. But also, I don't know if you guys got it. I got a pair of pants sent I to me. I got oh, pants yeah. this week, too, yes. They sent yes. us some pants. These are some serious pants. They're You'll serious put, fucking pants. You can yeah. pack everything in these <laughs> yeah. pants. Everything. Yeah. It's crazy. They're well, awesome. Hammer like hoops, like, there's pockets everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they, it looks like they're made from fire retardant material or fire resistant material. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which makes sense because when they're forging that stuff out, they're working at high temperatures and yeah. And I haven't tried mine on yet because it's been like forty degrees and these things are heavy things. <laughs> yeah, so they're, these are definitely winter pants. Yeah. She sent. Yeah. Uh, Carly sent me a pair. Asked me my size. Sent me the appropriate size. And they're a little. I'm swimming in them a little bit. I was just like, "Good for you, Jeff." Good for you. Yeah. You're swimming in them a little <laughs> bit. Good for you. There, there's room for you to fill it out after the uh, holidays. I'm going to stuff it. I'm going to stuff it full of all sorts of stuff. Everything. <laughs> Pockets all over the place. Awesome. Nice. 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 Okay. Well, should we, should we start with some questions maybe? Whatever you want. Got great listener feedback congratulating us too on 300 episodes. Whatever you want. Okay. Well, okay let's do it. Congratulations are always good, aren't they? Let's start <clears throat> with them. Uh, okay. So... This is listener feedback. If you go to um, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, you can, you know, ask your questions. Sometimes we do a little call to action uh, there. So uh, this one comes from Ebon Blades. Hey, cuties, congratulations on 300 episodes. I appreciate all the knowledge, laughs, and dick jokes. I'll leave you with the famous words that Taylor Swift once said. Don't forget the cold zinc for your gooch. <laughs> and, then he, and, then, and then he goes, all the best. Mike Litteris. Oh. oh, yeah. We're not going to fall for that, Mike. Uh, yeah. Bingo Cadell says, uh, speaking on blowing your monthly nut, we last week we talked about, <laughs> we talked about the monthly nut, uh, you got to pay attention to costs. We were talking about cost analysis and mm. what you do if you're a knife maker in regards to business. And he says, not too long ago, I really, a really well-known knife maker said he wasn't paying attention to his costs and almost went under. Now, I don't know how bad he wasn't paying attention, but as a small business owner, I, I know I got to know my margins, maybe not down to the cost of a dab of glue, but close enough to make sure I'm making a profit and mm. uh, know how much to use for support and reinvest. That was a pretty, pretty good topic of conversation in regards to, even though we got derailed by the whole monthly nothing, uh, the idea of like, how do you, how, wh- in what, how do you calculate your your cost and your labor and your time and your energy and then that to make a profit was good yeah it's quite an interesting one because what i've done in the past i almost set 
set a price of what my chef knives would be, you know? But occasionally you sort of look in and you'll see, you know, some really nice material for a handle or something, and you're like, oh, fuck, I'll get that. But it may cost like three times what you'd normally pay for something. But when you finish the knife in your head, it's just, oh, that's just another chef knife. That's the, that's the price of my chef knife, you know? But obviously the, your profit on that one is far less than the others because you, you've done your monthly nut on the, uh, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the handle material, you know? So, yeah, so it, yeah, it is, I can see how that can get out of hand quite quickly. But there's also the idea of, I think that sometimes we nickel and dime too many things and we lose the big picture. Like last night, I was uh, on the phone with Tony trying to figure out this. This is a project, uh, one of the projects we're hopefully get. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's not in the bag yet. It's uh, hopefully we get it. It's yeah. a big order to the point where the guy wanted to know about discounts on volume. So we had to kind of like crunch some numbers and figure out what we can give to make sure we get this job and not. And yet we had another job where we're just like, I made a whole point of like, you know, to saying that. We have to, obviously, we need to make a profit. We What we don't want is we don't want to lose our shirts on a project, like underbid yeah. to the point where we don't have it down so we can actually bring this project across. So there's a little bit of, you got to have a little bit of wiggle room um, in terms of like, you know, if you want to get the job, you know, obviously you said, well, I, you know, I'm losing $10 a knife on each job. Well, you know, if you can get this and it keeps the shop working for a number of months, what's the, what's the problem, you know? Hmm. Every my old uh, fabrication boss used to say every job doesn't need to be a career. You know, sometimes you got to mm. keep the lights on, and like you know, you you start to like think. You know, there's so many guys who are just like, oh, I deserve to get this, and I don't want to be nickel and dime. Well, you also need to, you know, there's uh, there's being idealistic and there's being realistic. And yeah. I learned so much working for a metal shop that worked well and a metal shop that didn't work well. And I kind of like use in between both in regards to this. So, yeah. Were they well, two different metal shops or the same one? Yeah, it was in two different metal shops. So okay. It was at the Center for Metal Arts, <laughs> and which had a uh, architectural, fine architectural metalsmiths was the uh, commercial end where we were doing oh, railings right. and stuff. And then I was at another fabrication shop in town where we were doing a lot of sheet metal work and a lot of construction stuff. So is it completely different? And the, 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 uh, customers were different and the expectations were different. And some of them were, were looking for high craftsmanship and others were looking for a craftsmanship with super speed. So I learned a lot about, you know, how pricing jobs and, you know, every job can't and, be Picasso, you know, and you learned about mirror in yeah. mirror. Yeah. Fucking mirror. <laughs> that was what the guys learned in mirror. Yeah. But you're negotiating now, and in this case, it needs to work for them, and it needs to work for you, you know? And it's, you know, it's, it's a nice position to be in, actually, isn't it? You know, you know they want your work. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice to and, to and fro. Well, know? it's a good situation. If you've got the right person, if you've got somebody who just wants the cheapest they can get, and you know, it's, it's Well, yeah, nice it's a good situation because um, they are coming to me from people that have worked with me before. Right. And what I'm, I'm also, I'm using some of this fucking FBI, FBI fucking hostage negotiation shit, which I <laughs> stopped talking about. And now I'm using it like way more than I expected. So there's a lot of like, I'm using a lot of these hostage negotiating tactics to kind of like, you know, m you know, make this thing very positive in my direction. And it's mm -hmm. frankly, it's working <laughs> from split the difference, right? 
Yeah, actually, there's a lot of split the different. That guy, um, I forgot his name, but that there's a yeah, he's this FBI negotiator. It's a good book. I've been I've, involved I've, with I've him. I've been it involved with times. his books for a while, and he's nice. he's actually pretty. He's got a lot of like stuff that also. I mean, my wife works with um, you know <laughs> deranged people, and she she <laughs> for years she's a kind of told me different ways to talk to people to kind of like ease their tensions and understand and mm-hmm. make them feel heard. And I, I, I've been really kind of manipulating people lately, so it's good. <laughs> and, and not to mention, I, I, one last aside is I've been teaching the, I've been, my, my kid has been exposed to our subtle manipulations over the years too, in regards to, you know, letting people, you know, give them, you know, make them feel at home. And yeah. she's starting to use those. She told me these people in California are way too trusting. And all of a sudden, she's like <laughs> using some things. She's like, your fucking moves really work well on some of these ham and eggers. So it's really, it's really cool. It's like, yeah, I'm like, my girl, you'll be okay. So more nice. good listener feedback. This one comes from Woodstock Blade Crafter. Congratulations on 300 episodes. You guys are awesome, and I hope you feel celebrated today. I don't know if you truly realize the influence you've had on the knife-making community through this podcast. I've only been making knives since November, and I started to listen to KTP in January. Uh, starting from the very beginning, I've almost listened to every freaking episode of the last eight to nine months. It's wow. been like a monster, a, a monster class, a master class in knife making, but uh, even better because it isn't just a crap ton of really helpful information, but you guys also make it fun and entertaining. Uh, I'm really new to all this, but KTP has helped me go further and faster with my knife making. And I'm truly grateful for the last 300 episodes and uh, wish you all the very best and uh, many more to come. Thanks. Your friend, Hugh Janus. So. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Nice. <laughs> good man. Good man. Uh, nice. Like, it's nice to hear things like that. It really is. For yeah. sure. Yeah, when I was at Blade Show, actually, it was, it was I, I got a few of those for sure. Oh, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I think I struggle at least with um, understanding what kind of impact we're having uh, and how helpful we're actually being. And then when you see the people face to face, they come shake your hand and say, thank you. It's like, wow, we're actually, we're doing stuff out here. It's cool. Yeah. It's very cool. I I think when we started, three of us, when we started together, um, I think, yeah, there was lots of knowledge then. And I think as we've grown to know each other a bit more, it's been a bit more fun and a bit more relaxed. And I think for a lot of people now, they may be listening for that reason, just yeah. to have some sort of company in the shop, you know, and then that, that's good too. Why do you, All what good. the fuck do you think we've been doing? It's like, I mean, we've, we've tried to make, we've tried to speak their language. We're trying to speak their language. I mean, obviously, you know, the Puritans don't like all the dick talk, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, you know. <laughs> Most do. That's what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> Three quarters yeah. of you motherfuckers <laughs> love that shit. So Hugh Janus, we're with you. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, before you take the next one, let's just hear this. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Do it now. Okay, what we got? Harry Gray says, hey guys, uh, kept meaning to message you. Your claim of, uh, you claim your podcast is the best knife-making podcast. Well, I'll go one step further and say it's the best podcast, period. Thanks for all the good information and entertainment. There aren't many episodes where I don't end up laughing out loud pretty hard. I have an idea. Jeff, maybe you should suggest that your friend at Canadian Customs, I had Canadian Customs problems. 
make contact with Maritime Knife Supply, then hook them up with a pallet of up yours <laughs> to help the good citizens of Canada with their parcel clearance slash charging procedure. But seriously, I do have a question. Do any of you have a rule of thumb for getting the balance right on a knife? i.e. how much weight do you take out of the tang on a full chef knife? I previously worked on taking out as much as practical uh, by drilling holes, but it uh, must get to a point where the larger blade, you need to take less or none at all. Or none at all? You need to take less or none at all? Thanks a lot, Harry. So, hmm. uh, Speaking of which, I had more customs problems. Uh, I had a pr- oh, package Christ. shipped back from the Netherlands which mm, was oh. annoying as shit but it wasn't it yeah. wasn't refused it was the guy who was away and then <laughs> fucking customs sent it through customs for a long sat in customs for almost two months and then they oh, sent geez. him a message and then if he didn't respond in three days they sent it fucking back oh my three, god just they it let right it back. sit there for two months yes. and then he didn't respond in three he didn't days respond fast if he's away oh, you know probably a long god. weekend comes back yeah. and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. They send it right back. They don't wait for him at all. Right yeah. back. And how often do you see like an email from like from a government official email? And you're just like, this is bull. This is bullshit. This is a scam. Yeah, that's so exactly how I them. feel every you know? time. Yeah, this is a scam. Yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Every time. So, back to his question: Do you have any rule of thumb for getting the balance right in a knife? What's your you know, I don't have a rule of thumb, but. You know when you see those idiots on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're trying to balance the knife like perfectly, like this is a perfect knife, look at this balance point. I'm just like, come on, come on. <laughs> um, I think if it's if it's comfortable, it works. Um, yeah, this whole thing of, you know, having the perfect balance point, I can't see when that really is that beneficial. Um so no, I mean, if, you, if you're using something like a cleaver, you, you know, you want it sort of blade heavy, I suppose. But, you know, having that perfect balance point i think it is a bit of a weird one for me hmm. are you waiting for me jeff of course okay <laughs> um i will say on my integrals the uh, the the because the construction typically is uh an integral bolster with a hidden tang and that integral bolster it, it's not that much volume overall but it does really help to centralize the balance of the knife. And then once you add the handle material and that's all sculpted down, um, the balance just kind of happens where it's at. I I don't have any rule of thumb. Now I will say um, on full tang knives that are non-integral, um, they might have it, I mean, depending on the grind, it could be blade heavy or it can be handle heavy. It just depends on the mm. grind. I think you can only take so much material, you know, hollow grind out the tang, the full tang, as much, um, only so much. The, another way to pull material, if you want more weight off the tang, you could taper the tang. But at the same time, if you're already starting with thin stock, like anything an eighth of an inch or less, like there's no point in tapering a tang. Um, I mean, I guess technically you could, but you're, you're not really mo- removing that much material. Um, so I think it, to to mess with balance and play with balance, you might actually have to play more with what your blade grind looks like. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is it? A, a, a convex grind is going to preserve more material on the blade than, let's say, an S grind or even a flat grind, and and so um, that will help make the blade more blade heavy. If you want to take more blade material off and you want it to be more handle heavy or balanced more in the middle, then you would start to play with maybe uh, the S grind or 
or yeah, some, some other combination, flat grind, S grind, or I don't know what, but full hollow, depending on the size of the knife. Um, but yeah, I think the, the best way to try to adjust that if you want to have it one way or the other would be really actually more in the blade than, um, than in the tang and, and handled material obviously plays a big part. If like you're using mammoth tooth on the handle, like there's nothing you can do to make it not handle heavy. It's just going to be heavy. But if you're using like spalted maple or something like that, it's going to be a, a lot lighter. Um, and so that gives you kind of a little bit more room for adjustment. I don't really hmm. fool around with, I, I notice, I notice the difference. Like actually when Marekko said it was hundred percent, like if you're using the difference between using eighth inch steel and three thirty seconds steel, and then depending on how long the blade is, your balance is going to be thrown off by that too, even if it's a full tang yeah. knife. And I'll tell you the, the two things is one is, is the guy who really, his design is a result of uh, fooling around with the weight is Tomer Botner, Florentine Kitchen Knives, mm. where he was using, originally when he was coming up with the design, he was playing with the weight by using different material discs in mm. his stacked handle. And then he was having different style, uh, different discs towards the end to make it more blade because it's a full it's a hidden tang knife so we wanted to make it more balanced so he added this brass bolster on the end and he was actually weighting the back just to make sure it was more even or balanced or whatever and then that actually helped inform him on the design his design aesthetics mm-hmm. um and just real quick is i um last week i sent uh i made a rehandle this guy's uh spatula and he had sent the spatula in it was like he had thrown this thing through the dishwasher a million times and then the wood was like it looked like driftwood frankly it was <laughs> rattling off it was it was like rattling you could tell it was like rattling yeah. around it was and when i so i made uh g10 or uh, g10 and uh canvas my car to handle when i sent it back to him he says i just want to thank you um i'm surprised that the the balance is different now and i'm just getting used to it and but I love it. It's much more, you know, I feel like it's much more robust and stuff like that. And then he, but he was like made a point of how much, how the balance was different. And then I wanted to, and I was just like, well, I'm glad you like it. Blah, 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 blah. In the meantime, I'm saying, yeah, asshole, your fucking wood was porous and then it dried. And then the wood, the wood handle scales were like flakes of wood. Of course, yeah. you know, and then you ask for something more, <laughs> you know, solid. I the thickness in the material I was the thickness in the material of the handle I made exactly like the, the what it was supposed to be, and he was like I'm just so surprised so yeah the material is fucking different and it's like yeah. that the, the the balance is going to be different because that's what you wanted and how balanced do you need a spatula bro I mean <laughs> Jesus Christ you're not performing surgery for the love of Christ it's like I mean yeah. you just I mean you're flipping pancakes and smushing burgers. <laughs> How balanced do you need this spatula to be, my man? You yeah. know? So. Nice. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. We have okay. a little bit more feedback that we is definitely uh, time dependent, but whatever you want. Okay. Okay. We'll start with some questions then just after this. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code Knife Talk 15. Do it now. 15% off. Do it now. Okay. Pendleton Bill Debbie, I think is the uh, Instagram handle from this question. Um, 
Am I a piece of shit if I still think vice grips work better than tongs half the time? Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, I suppose it depends on the use, because a vice grip is handy, isn't it? Let's face it, it'll clamp down, and it, it is very handy. But, um, yeah, it depends on the use, surely. What do you think, Mareko? Uh I mean, I would assume, since he's comparing it to tongs, that it's for some sort of hot use or hot work. Um, and so I would say... Uh, you can go to like order offline or go to like the, the local sports store and get these like hand strengthening things. They're just basically two handles with a spring in the middle and you got to work on that grip, buddy. You got to work on that grip. <laughs> it, the, the tong thing is fascinating because the tong question is always for bladesmiths and not usually for blacksmiths. And I think that the biggest problem that a lot of bladesmiths are having and aspiring blacksmiths and everybody else is they're not problem solving. And they're not problem solving based on the idea of not only how they're holding the, using the tongs, but in the position that they're holding the tongs. Hmm. Um, and I think that there's, I get messages from guys who have won Forge and Fire, who have said to me, I don't know how to hold this material in my tongs. Well, what are you asking me for? Try to figure out what you're doing wrong. And then you got other guys who got like 900 pair of tongs and every pair of tongs is for every specific, you know, procedure. Yeah. There is a, there is a real lack of problem solving. And I'm not saying for, for, uh, Pendleton Bell, Ben Debbie, I'm with him. He's my fucking guy. We're, we're all good. We're all good. I think this could be our one female listener. Uh, It's not a female listener. I think that's okay, Bill sorry. and Debbie Pendleton is what I think it is. And he's he's I awesome, see. really really good good listener. Always pipes Apologies, up and so, always okay. always pipes up. But I think that this is something that I I really do believe and this goes back to, you know, Mareko's classes. There's got to be you have to start to think about what's going to make you better as an efficient mover of metal. And part of it isn't just the tongs. It's how you use the tongs. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're slipping in your tongs, then what's the problem? You have to kind of think about your tongs. Think about how you're using your tongs. Think about how you're holding your tongs. And then how you can fix this problem. Because I have that problem a lot. And actually, when I teach the friction folder class, we're actually using... I want to use minimum materials to make this. And we're actually using pickup tongs. Just straight. Nothing to write home about pickup tongs. They're not V-bits. They're not... Yeah. wolf jaw they're not all it's just standard nothing to write home about tongs and i'm showing you how to use the tongs and forge the material where you have these points where you have three points of contact with your tongs and you're saying how can you have three points of contact with your tongs well this is if it's figured out how to forge these things where actually you're when you hit it's not flying out of your tongs so i think that there's a needs to be a lot more problem solving in the situation and the easiest problem is to buy more tongs because tongs are pretty cheap <laughs> the other mm. idea is to make your own tongs to understand what it takes to make your tongs mm-hmm. but i think that this is a a larger subject in regards to people f- feeling um like their education is over once they learn how to make a knife and they're going to find themselves a lot happier in the long run if they do a little bit more problem solving on what the problem actually is. Yeah. 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 I would agree. It's a, a tooling. I, I've, I've, I actually, even with the whatever, six different pairs of tongs that I have, that's not enough. I need like the using the right tongs for the right process is super key. Also, if your anvil, even just the anvil being at the wrong height 
will make things awkward to hold if it's too high or too low. Um, but especially I think if it's too high, um, and yeah, so the, the, your tooling and your setup are really important as well to, to build on what Jeff is saying, um, for things to just go right. I, but, I yeah. work for a guy who used to say, let's just kill the doubt. Like if you know, if you see a problem <laughs> and then you can address it in a simple way, address it. And then that part's over, you know, that part is over. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. Once yeah. you, when you're hitting, if you're holding pickup tongs and you're, and you're hitting it and it's flipping around in your, in your tongs, address it and not just say these tongs don't work mm -hmm. it's not that's like the i get that every so often well these tongs don't work <laughs> it's like why are you why are you coming to me like i'm some sort of like t like i'm some sort of uh babysitter like i can't change the channel on the tv the controller doesn't work why don't you try to figure out what the problem is and address it and i'm not like i said bill pendleton day debbie i'm i'm, th I'm not I'm just using this as a as something that I see as a greater part of problem solving in general. But you are not a piece of shit if you like using vice grips. Find your find your happiness and use the vice grips. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, frankly. I like that. I, you know, I'm always impressed. Like when I see Andy Wozniak forging, he's just using like those f f pickup flat jaw pickup tongs, right? And it it's just it shows. I think it really shows uh, a level of skill actually to be able to use those simple tongs because you have to have a good grip you have to have your material in the right position in relationship to the anvil and your hammer face because if you don't that's when things start like you said like start flying around and flopping around in the tongs and it's hard to hold on to so i think yeah technique is definitely a big part he's, of it too and it's he's just, it's amazing he is awesome. to watch yeah and he's awesome and he is a really talented talented guy for sure the problem is the, not the problem what he's done is he's figured out how to streamline his job yeah. So he doesn't need nine million pairs of tongs. Right. You know, you're, when I learned how to forge, when I figured out how I forge these friction folders, I changed the complete direction where I don't do knife making where you forge the tip first. I do the mm, back sure. first. And once you have that ledge, all of a sudden that ledge helps you hold the material. Yep. So with mm. the tongs. So there's a lot of problem solving things that I think that people are will, They send us a message and they ask us for grip progression. Or they send us a message to how do you do this? How do you do this? Without thinking of the giant the giant picture i have a joke by the way i have a joke that this was told told to me by pat quinn and i think and some people might not like it i think it's a great joke what did the what did the buddhist monk say to the hot dog vendor i already know the answer I, all right thanks for know. helping the <laughs> okay the congratulations <laughs> you know i don't know jeff what did the buddhist monk make say me to the hot dog make vendor? me one with everything that's a great joke, but it's like, it's so much going on. I fucking love that joke. I said that to so many people who are just like, what's the big deal? I'm like, it's fucking funny. I can't believe you've never heard that before. I haven't heard it before. That's and amazing. I think it's great. And, and it, Coming from the, the land of dirty hot water dogs. I, 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 what do you mean to say? I only know what or I know. And, I, and I'm perfectly fine with what I don't know. <laughs> but when I hear it, I said it. So there you go. Let's Fair continue. Enough. Fair enough. But look, if you wanted more tongs, um, where would you get them from? Texas Farrier's supply, probably. Or would it probably. be? They've got shit tons of different types. I've just been looking. That's the, Texas name, of the, that's supply. the name of the tong pair, too. Shit, shit tons. Shit tons. Shit tons. <laughs> They've got every type of style you could possibly want. TexasFarrier'sSupply.com. And you know what? Whilst you're there, take a look at their sandpaper range, because they've got 
Rhino Wet by Indassa. Um, all the grits you could possibly need. Um, it's the best stuff. It saves you time, saves you money. And remember, we can save you more money. If you use Knife Talk 10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off your entire order. It's whatever you put in your cart. So make sure you fill it up with Indassa Rhino Wet and go take a look at TexasFarrisSupply.com. Okay, who wants to take the next from Valio Knives, I believe? Give him hell, Marekko. Yeah. He says, hey, guys, I have a podcasting question. When you, when you record Knife Talk, do you guys see each other? Uh, is it like a video call or is it just audio? Congrats on 300 episodes. Cheers, Valentine. Valentine. Um, it's just audio. We don't see each other. Um, we did do that for a while, um, but we'd always have an issues with our audio then. And um, I think audio is the most important thing. Um, we, yeah, we could do video again, but the, the, the systems that you use, it, it's very difficult to get very good synced audio as well as good video, particularly when sometimes we may be on patchy connections, that kind of thing. Um, so, no, we don't even see each other anymore. Um, so, yeah, so Jeff is usually probably naked. Um, Morocco's just woken up. <laughs> I'm I'm in a sweat box here. Nobody wants to see each other anyway. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just audio, and we 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 do pride ourselves on trying to get you know the best audio out there. There's two things. One is there have been some moments that thank God they were on video. Number one, and I think if you go to Knife Talk on YouTube, that <laughs> you can see them. There's a spider in Craig's studio, and he loses his goddamn mind. He lost his mind. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And he ran out, and we're and like yeah. he left us holding the bag. There was no like explanation. She's like, "Oh Jesus Christ! There's this giant spider near." And then he just <laughs> left. Huge, yeah. That was really good. And I think there was another time where you stood up and you weren't wearing pants. Like I think you, <laughs> God, I think that was really really good. But most of the problem with these maker podcasts are when with video is, and I'm pointing at all of you fucking guys. You all look at yourself. And then you're not present in the conversation. <laughs> you're looking at how you yeah. look. You're fixing your hair. You're doing your thing. You're consumed with looking at yourself. And I think that's a giant problem in terms of a conversation. You're not yeah. being. A you're not active listening. 
I think when we do this show as well, in my mind, people are just getting on with their work and they've got this on in the shop. They're getting on with their stuff. If it's video, you almost want people to sort of sit down and watch it. And I, mm. I don't know. For this kind of content, I don't think it's right for that. Yeah. There's well, some guys who do it like a t- rock, uh, the Andrew Schultz does it. And he's got like a stage and he, he got a cameraman and he does all this stuff. But it's like, who the fuck wants to sit down and watch that? Hmm. I, I, I think you guys will agree. Obviously, like video or audio, I think um, the content of the conversation and the podcast is also really important because you could have the best audio or video or both in the world. Yeah. But if you got nothing to fucking say and there's no rapport between the people talking, it's not going to get seen or heard. Dude. Yeah. The maker community needs to get a little bit, need some help. (laughs) You need to have fucking help. So I heard some shit that's just like, whoa. And then they asked for Patreon at the end. I'm just like, oh my god, what are you for? What? What's this is like <laughs> helping the needy or what's going on here? Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, we've been doing this for years and years and years. So I'd like to think we're, you know, an oiled machine now. And um, we rarely speak to each other in the week. It's just a case of we have this in our diary every week, and we know we'll be there. It's better yeah. that way too. Because yeah, you I don't so. want to like prepare. I, I used to try to prepare jokes, and they always sound like shit. And even when I don't prepare jokes, it's not the shit. <laughs> yeah, they still don't land properly. Yeah. I can't fucking help it, so it's just like yeah, I'm gonna fucking go off the cuff with the jokes. <laughs> yeah, but um, so like sort of behind the scenes, Jeff gets all these questions off Instagram and puts them in a note for us. Um, quite often, myself and Morocco, you know, we see the questions as we're reading them. We don't see them beforehand, mm-hmm. um, and it's all very just. Yeah, we've we've become very good at just being able to. T- We've, we've all got our setups. We can just turn our set off and we're ready to go. You know, it's because um, I, I make it easy for you guys. You do. Yeah. You make it very easy. Luxurious. Yeah. Man, luxurious is the right word. Good for you. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Uh, so once that is done, then um, I take the audio. So we have three separate audio tracks because we're all recorded in isolation. So then I can go and mix them, edit them, and put up, you know, put in the, the intro music and all the rest of it. And then upload it to our podcast provider. So yeah, simple as that. Really. P.S. There's no editing. There's rarely editing. If there's editing, rarely editing, you're right. Actually, very rarely. I you know I top and tail it basically. That's only all. if yeah. it's only if there's like a some sort of problem with the audio, which we have not had knock on wood for a long, quite a while. But this is yeah. not like one of these guys just like oh I just take the best parts and put stick it all together. No, this is a one track shot. We leave the shit in. Yeah, yeah. we leave <laughs> all of it. Yeah. All of it. All that. <laughs> Yeah, this could probably be a really good 20 minute episode you know but now we'll give them a full <laughs> well, two hours remember, of you know, speaking of which speaking of which I, I, I know this is the 300th episode but I'm kind of like kind of putting my shoulders up because we did this batch of like five minute episodes oh, yeah. a couple years ago we did and part of yes. me is always I think there was we decided we're going to do we're going to record the episode and then we're going to record five separate little ones and then we're at one point somebody asked a question we're just going to ask one question so we could have five days a week of nope. podcast and somebody asked this yeah. long question and we answered no and then the, and then the, <laughs> and then the actual <laughs> music went out it was like this <laughs> two minute podcast so <laughs> do you remember that yeah we had this idea of micro content of it basically taking a question each day just so there's something out there for people each day to listen to, but it, it didn't really land. So, but um, yeah, we didn't do that many of them, maybe 10, maybe. So this um, is really yeah, episode 290. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Littleton. Okay. Oh, sorry. 
Keep going. No, go on. Go Littleton Supply Company. He's a funny guy. P.S. Everybody, if you want a funny guy, yeah, he's a gr- he's a great follow. Littleton Supply Company says, in honor of episode three hundred, what is one pet peeve that makes you guys want to Sparta kick someone in the chest when they uh, when they say or slash ask you? For me, it's fake Damascus. When I see these online companies selling Damascus Alibaba knives, I just want to kick them into the bottomless pit. Anyway, congratulations on three hundred. What's what? What is the one? This is the all beef review question. What's the one thing that drives you crazy? For me, it's when I'm with maybe a bunch of people and somebody will say to one of their friends or something that, or you know, I don't know them, so they'll say, "Craig make Craig forges knives. He hand forges these beautiful <laughs> knives," and I'm just like. Ah. And I don't go and say then, actually, I, I stock and rule yeah. because then that's a whole conversation. Right. So I just sort of let it slide. And I'm just like, oh, every time I'm just like, oh, man. Or somebody will pick, look at a knife and go, oh, man, did, did you forge this? And I'm like, no. And the, that look they give you right. of like, oh, it's bullshit then. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like because they don't quite understand. That sucks. It really sucks. Really, It's a kick in the balls every time. Yeah. What about you, Mareko? What drives you crazy? I, I'm struggling to think of something, honestly, right now. Um, and I know that isn't as fun, but I think, you know, I've talked about struggling with stress and frustration and depression and mental health shit. And so I've been trying to uh, not get so wound up by shit lately. So nice. <laughs> I can't really think of anything right now. That's good. You're only in control zen. of what you're, you're trying to you, zen you're, myself. You're yeah. Making you one with you want to be one with everything. I want to be one with everything. That's I want with one with dog. everything. With a hot dog. <laughs> in my Make me dog. one with everything. I love one it. in each hand. I tell. Whoa, wait, baby. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hey, you. I mean, I'm not with you in that regards. <laughs> oh, baby, I'm I with mean, you. I'm kind of not with you. In this. I mean, fine. That's the clip God right there, you. Craig. Be happy. Be happy. I'm kind of not with you, but <laughs> that's fine. what makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy. Double donging. Uh, oh, have mercy. <laughs> Glizzy City. All right. <laughs> Fucking Glizzy's all day. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, would, okay, who's taking well, Benjamin? Don't next? I get to tell? I mean, am I, am I not I'm allowed sorry, to tell you to my gears? Or have course, I already done that it, yeah. a million times? It's like enough. Go for it. I will say one thing that drives me, not crazy, but it's just, nothing drives me. I'm like Mareko. It's just like, you know what? If it doesn't affect me directly, I don't really, it doesn't, for this show, I kind of have to add a little bit just because, you know, you got to make it interesting. But at the same time, hey, live your life. However, when I get messages from guys like, did you see my 400 layer mosaic Damascus pattern integral chef knife with uh you know this that the other thing and they lit me off the you know like it's as if they're you know telling me the kind of uh lamborghini they have and then they'll say what kind of i can't hold my my piece with my tongs what should i do that does drive me crazy it's just like i have this you know special lamborghini how do you change the tires you know it's i there's something about it that like I feel like there's this kind of, and did no disrespect to anyone, and, uh, but there's like this kind of poser, I poser quality of like, you're saying words that you want people to think make you a certain way, but then when it comes down mm. to it, you're just, you know, there's no substance behind. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, just be normal is really what it comes. Just be normal. Don't you don't have to impress me with, you know, words. So don't come at me. Don't, don't come, come at me with words. You don't know what you're. I want to you see don't. a t-shirt with Jeff's disgruntled face 
and well, saying, "Don't come at me with words." It's just Stop like, coming you know, at me with words. I can see. I mean, I see these guys. They come. They're wearing their Carhartt pants and they're sucking in their big stomachs and they're just like their hands on their shoulders and they're telling, "Wow, you didn't do well. You didn't put a ten in there. Well, that's weird." And it's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why are you using words that you kind of don't know what you're talking? Don't try to. We're not. We're just acquaintances. I think they're called barely. armchair experts. I don't even. I mean, it's just like, hmm. don't. Just be normal. If everyone just be, be normal, then who cares? Just be normal. That's really what it comes down to. Nice. Okay. Okay. Benjamin, who's going to take it? Oh, this is... Mareka should take this. Okay. Benjamin Ingoloni. Uh, he says, hey, gents, I love the show. It brightens my day when I see a new episode drop. Uh, I was wondering about your process for doing sets. Uh, as a hobby knife maker, I still have a success rate of four out of five on knives. I'm still getting my reps in and uh, in. Sorry, I'm still getting my reps in on repeatability in my process. My question is: If you are doing a set of knives, do you do more than you need? Uh, like, if you're doing a set of six steak knives, do you make seven in case you have a crack show up after finishing, or do you just go back and make a replacement for that one knife? That's a, That's a good question. question. Right there. Mm, yeah. Craig, what yeah. do you do? You do more steak knives in volume. Yeah. Um, so, basically, most of my steak knives are pretty much the same as in design-wise, but materials change. Um, so, I've always got a stack that I've had a uh, laser jet cut out ready to go. Um, so if I need to make more, you know, it's not, it's not that much of a, a big deal. Um, but if I'm, if I'm doing a run and I haven't done a run for a long time, what I like to do is finish up a few knives from beginning to end. So don't, don't go straight in, right? I'm going to, I'm going to shape out 50 knives then I'm going to drill 50 knives. Don't do that. Cause if you make a mistake on one, you've made a mistake on all 50. So for the, you know, for the first five or six, maybe do each one individually from beginning to end. Make a note of all the steps that you've taken. So when you do come then to, you know, you you, are, you want to manage that time well. So, yeah, you do then want to, you know, shape them all out together, drill them all together. So you're not spending time changing setups, that kind of thing. Um, but but you know you're 100% right each time. It's, it's just the worst thing to make a mistake on something and you've, like, you've made this mistake on so many. It's like, ah, fuck, you need to start again. Um, so, yeah, so just make sure you go from the beginning to the end until you're really comfortable with that knife before you start that process of then doing huge batches that's a good one that's the that's, that's huge good. don't you know don't fall for the banana tailpipe you got all 70 done and then all of a yeah. sudden at the very end you're just like oh shit i was supposed to put in yeah, a and, I, and i'm always saying that because i've done that I, I you know i've made a mistake and you get you get to a certain point in the build you're like oh, geez i've got 30 here i've made that exact same mistake with and then having to you know try and work it out and it's just just Take it from me. Just just start, you know, beginning to end on a bunch of knives first. When you're happy with that, then start that the whole process. Yeah. What do you think, Marco? I mean, I haven't done as much production with you guys or as you guys have, but I think um, I, I I think it might not be a bad idea to maybe have a, a one or two extra, um, especially. Like if you guys are doing an order, you know, maybe it doesn't hurt to have them just in case there is an issue somewhere along the way. Um, and if you have extras, then send them out to your newsletter or put them on your website. Hmm. I remember yeah. doing a railing and I had to forge, you know, hundreds of pickets and we had to do the specific bend in the top of the element of the picket. And I remember the original one was like, 
a specific height. And I remember doing a hundred of them and they were all hundred were a quarter of an inch short. And it was like to fix all hundred. It was like, it sucked. And it was like, I fucked up and I should have basically what Craig has said is like, get it down once. And I was like, I felt like total shit. And I was obviously my boss wasn't very thrilled, but at the same time understood, you know, make mistakes. But at that feeling of like, Oh, that feeling of just like, oh shit, I've been working for, uh, you know, all these hours on this and they're all fucked up is the worst, is totally the worst. The only time I do really couple extra is like uh, what we do now is if we have stuff cut out by the New Jersey Steel Baron, when we have some downtime, we'll prep and, and heat treat extras. So we have them ready to go and you maybe even like rough grind them in and then have them in this area, I have this area by the grinder where there's a stack of knives that have already been heat treated. They've all, the holes have already been drilled, heat treated, tempered and rough ground. That's kind of nice because it allows us to kind of like sidestep a few issues. And when it comes to, if we have to kind of knock something out, the only time I make extras for a set are, would be with stabilizing wood. Because I'm always afraid that I'm going to miss something with the stabilizing on maybe there's a crack that I didn't see. Or when I grind it down, maybe all of a sudden there's this weird void that I didn't see. And so if I do stabilizing wood, like we're, we might be doing a big job of stabilizing 20 knives or something like that, I will definitely make sure that there are 30 available. If I drill and the hole gets screwed up, or especially if they're matching, because this is this will be a job where they're going to be all from the same wood, I need to make sure that I can repair something. So, like, I'll have if we do twenty sets, I'll have I'll make sure that there's at least twenty five, just in case I have to change a Corby bolt out or something happens. Or, um, but I won't. I don't think I make extra. I'll make extra steak knives. Like, I'll throw on a couple extra steak knife blanks. But I won't do like chef knives. I'll if it's twenty, I'll do twenty. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And remember, if you are doing batches, it may be a good idea to get them laser cut um, or water jet cut out. And if you're doing that, you're gonna have to design them first. And the best place to do that is knifeprint.com. It's CAD in the browser. No downloading software and getting licensing issues, all that kind of stuff. You just go to knifeprint.com. Do it in the browser. Super simple. A really good learning center. So if you've never done any sort of CAD or, you know, design work on a computer before, they can show you exactly how to do it. There's special tools that are specific for knives that you won't get in any other sort of CAD program as well. Um, it's the shit. Knifeprint.com. Uh, a really nice feature then is when you press print, um, you can print it out to paper as a template, as you'd expect. But you can also pick your, your steel. You pick the stock, the thickness, and, uh, the, you know, the type of steel. Um, and they'll actually water jet it or laser cut it for you and send it in the post. Um, brilliant service. Knifeprint.com. Go take a look. Our friend uh, Fox River Blades. If you don't know, Fox River Blades is a great kid. He was in a terrible, terrible car accident uh, a year or so ago. And he was really kind of in bad shape for a long time. He's back at it, and he's he sends us a message. He he listened to the podcast while he was in the hospital. He's a real tons of fort, inner fortitude. Fox River, we're with you. He says, "Hey guys, I have a question slash dilemma here. I had a guy approach me asking if he could make me he could send me a drawing of a knife he wanted made, expecting uh-huh. a normal knife. I said, sure thing, and he sends me a picture of what something that looks like would be used by a fucking Batman villain." Essentially, it's a Ulu knife mixed with a push dagger. 
I told him that uh, I would have to redesign it into something that was more usable, and I did. I sent it back to him. He kept making tweaks to it, and I had to redraw it five times, and eventually I had to tell him that if he was dead set on this design, I wouldn't be able to help him out. My question is, at what point during the interaction with a customer do you cut your losses and politely tell them to dive headfirst into a shallow pool? So where are we at with um, fiddling around with customers, or not even customers, fiddling around with people? I've never fiddled with anyone in yeah, my life. Yeah, you have, you big fiddler. You're a liar. <laughs> yeah, you old fiddler. Um, I, that sort of process, so if, if somebody say, could I send you a drawing, I'd be like, no, not really. Um, but what I tend to do is, particularly on when I'm working with restaurants, um, I've got a, a document of basically the... I can sort of design it how they want. Um, so I can pull in different, you know, handle materials, scales, um, different, you know, different steels, all that kind of stuff. And it'll render into like a 3D image. Um, so they'll know exactly what they get in anyway. Um, but if they want tweaks, the tweaks are materials and colors. Um, with regards to design, I think it's a, it's a tricky thing when you get, uh, you know, for somebody like Mareko, who's doing custom knives every time that, you know, I can see how he'd get more sort of draw and send into him. But for me, um, you know, I've got, you know, th- four, yeah, four different steak knife designs. So they pick one of them. I've got, you know, maybe there's 30 different handle materials. They can pick one of them. They can pick liner colors, you know. So they're designing it, but it's from a, a set of parameters that are, that I prescribe, really. I wouldn't really take in a draw in because that would be totally custom, which is not really what I do. Yeah, I, w- I would, I, I have accepted drawings and I've had really weird requests and um, I've just, I've come down to, even though I have like a, a diverse background and skills and all that kind of stuff that can, I can make a lot of different stuff. I, I still need to, when especially when it comes to custom work, um, actually, especially when it comes to custom work, um, <laughs> I need to actually work more in my... Um, it kind of in my wheelhouse in my, my, in my lane of what I do. Um, because when you start to like, if you know, somebody could come to me with a Bowie knife concept, but then they want it to have all this like crazy recurve or they want it to look like a Jason Knight, but then it's got a guard, like, uh, like cast knives and it's got a handle, like whatever fuck, like I could probably put that stuff together, but at the same time, it would not be within my comfort zone, I guess. And, um, Sometimes it's fun to step outside of your comfort zone, but more more than not these days, if I'm going to step outside my comfort zone, I'm going to kind of do it on my own terms um, with my own kind of side projects rather than it being a request for a customer because there are these back and forth issues. Oh, like as much as you can try to keep them up to date and they might be saying, oh, that looks great. Oh, that looks great. And then they get it and they're like, hmm, this isn't what I wanted. And you've just spent all that time. Um, but yeah, even just in this initial back and forth, um, I think at a certain point where, where the, he, I mean, it's nice of him to have gone back and forth like five times. He says, um, I, I think just trying to distinguish them sooner than later, I guess of when, um, they're not willing to work within kind of your comfort zone. Um, then you're like, you just got to cut the loss. Yeah. Yeah. You got to say, I am sorry. This isn't a project for me. Um, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Or you do the whole quote of, 
you know, it'd be nice to get that kind of money for this kind of job kind <laughs> right. of thing, you know, quote, quote, a ridiculous cost. And if they do want it, it's a win-win. Right. If they don't, yeah, well, happy to walk Especially away. if, I mean, I don't know if he, he doesn't say if he's talking to this person about price, but they're just talking around design. And a lot of people that have these ideas for these crazy knives often are like looking to work with a budget of like a hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. It's like, whoa, no, yeah. no, no. And then that's another hard part too, because it's like, shit, I, I've already spent this much like mental space and time responding to emails and doing drawings and you got a hundred bucks to work with. Like you owe me a hundred bucks right now just for the back and forth. Or um, they yeah. think the people who do the drawing think, this knife maker is so impressed by my drawing. <laughs> They're they so lucky. To, they're compelled. <laughs> they're compelled to do it for almost nothing. I've I've had that guy says I'll design something and then you just make me one, and then you oh can have God. the design. But it's like <laughs> yeah, I had that before. I've had it's like I know that you're the man to make the. You know they use all the words. Oh, you're the right person for this particular job, and I know that when you make it, you're gonna. <sighs> He's. Uh, that it's, actually it's, happened to me. Go ahead, tell the story. My first, uh, my first, oh no, it was my second. No, 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 it was my first Japanese cowboy style handle. I was talking to a guy who is based out of Oregon. I actually met him at the Oregon, or yeah, the OKCA show, Oregon Custom Knife Collectors Show, or the Custom Knife Association. Anyways, um, and he's like, I have all these connections. He's worked in, he's he's done a lot of business, uh, helping companies with, you know, running, uh, doing manufacturing overseas and stuff like that. And he sent me a link with all these, uh, <laughs> basically it was just an online business card with all these brands attached to it. And they're all like notable brands. And um, And so he was asking for a physical model to go and he like we we built up a rapport and I thought I could trust this guy. Uh, he asked for a physical model to take and shop around, um, and then he disappeared. Did you make the model? Yeah, I did. Fuck. Oh, fuck! And this was like over. This was strung out like developing this. Like this guy was playing the long con for like a year and a half. Conversations, meeting every once in a while. He lived down in Oregon, so every once in a while he'd be coming up to Washington and he'd stop by and he he like he would come to my shop and we chat and kind of sit and bullshit wow. and go get lunch or something like that. And then finally, I got a physical model to him to take and shop around, and then he got he ghosted me. What a good story, wow. dude. What a good it one. It felt really good, too. No, but I mean, you know what? Can I, can I say one thing? And this is something that I was going to say. Experience is underrated. Oh, for sure. Like, going through these, you know, we get people sending messages saying, well, what should I do? And sometimes going through it and saying, okay, this was a bad experience. I don't want to happen again. Is like, yeah, vibe, is yeah. good, too. That's a good one, dude. That's a fu He fucking got you. What an asshole! <laughs> what a fucking what a fucking prick! And now you wonder just, why sometimes yeah. I can be so salty, or I'm I'm so like trigger happy on blocking people. Well, it's you know you're an optim. You see the thing the is trauma. Very, I have trauma. You're a, ultimately you're an optimistic guy, and you see the best in people. And it's hard yeah. for and it goes against your wiring to think yeah. that people want to take advantage of you. So it frustrates you, and you, you're not able to handle it in a way that it goes against your nature, which is you're a, a, a generous, nice person, and you hate it when you're, you, know, you have to feel otherwise. Yeah, well, and kind of to finish out the story, he, like, 
I, I we were still in conversation after he I'd gotten the knife to him and he was trying to shop it around. And I was just like, you know, I would check in every once in a while, like every couple months to see what he'd seen or heard back. And he just kept feeding me the line of like, yeah, these companies, they, they, they can't uh, like, I'm trying to find a company who could do it just like this. And, um, and then eventually I was like, okay, like <laughs> I was starting to get like stressed out and I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And I'm not as excited and motivated about this process any, or this project anymore. Um, and started to talk about trying to get the, the thing back. And then at that point he, he started using some sort of legal jargon about how he feels oh. like there was no intellectual property and he felt like he had designed the knife. Um, and so he, and so that he just held on to it and then and and then that's how he just and then after that he just disappeared what human garbage what a what a just a somebody who's very clearly able to take advantage of a trusting person Mm. without i mean he could have just been like i don't have to respond back i could just ghost the guy for good but he had the nerve to to make him feel make himself feel like he was in the right by like taking advantage of you, what? Yeah, a well, piece I guarantee he, he still has that in his yeah. kitchen. He uses it every day. Oh, he tells people, people over, yeah, this guy tried like, oh, to. I, yeah, I, yeah, I designed this knife. Yeah, and that's right. It's made yeah, by one the, the knife. The, the guy wanted me to know, pay. Can you believe that? Really well-known knife maker and blah blah blah. And... God, we should yeah, fucking go God. after him for our three hundredth episode. Maybe we should get the knife talk. <laughs> yeah. We don't ask for much knife talk, listeners. We want you to go <laughs> after this one guy and we can just yeah. kind of maul him oh for a This is years episode. ago. This is years ago. Sadly. Yeah, you know what? There's is um, there a is there a statute of limitation on being upset? I mean, really no, honestly. Obviously not. <laughs> so it's it, oh I hate that story. I hate that story so much. And it's like p- the problem is is this community is more filled. The people who listen to this podcast are more on the artisan artist tr- side mentality wise than the business side mm-hmm. because it's like they're yeah. just not prepared. They don't have the experience of understanding what getting taken advantage of is. And it's like and then right. they get upset and it's, it sucks. Actually, I was thinking about this because I, usually I say, all right, you know let's i have to limit all of our contact with some of our customers because some of it's just like i don't we don't need to be friends i don't say that but in my mind i'm just like i can't go back and forth all the time i mean it's just too much time and energy so we're working on this project and hopefully it happens but at the same time i'm very not opt i'm not optimistic i'm very neutral if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but i ended up you know trying to sweeten the pot and this is something this is an allison's one of allison's kind of like pet projects she said, do you think you could do a couple drawings? And I was just like, yes, I'll do a couple drawings. So I did a couple drawings. And then, well, he likes this one. Do you think you could make a couple changes? And she felt very sheepish about it. And I just was like, Allison, I'll do a couple more drawings. Don't worry. Don't worry about asking me about something. I can always say no. Don't worry that I'm going to be mad or anything. Did a couple more drawings. And then I was just like, you know what? Let me just do a physical. And I did a physical and I sent him pictures. And part of me is just like, we're all getting our hopes up for something that's most likely going to happen. But at the same time, I was just like, if it turns into something good, then we've all had the experience of let's not do this anymore. And she has to, she takes phone calls with this guy. And I'm just like, Allison, you don't need to take phone calls with this guy anymore because there's a very good chance that he's, I mean, if he wants to do big business, what does he need to be on the phone for? We give him the price, give him the options, give him the cost. And then he says yes or no. But at the same time, it's like, we need the experience of, all right, well, we did all this work and nothing came of it. And, you know, yeah. that's, 
I've got a story Go where ahead. I got very excited where somebody made an inquiry um, and it was a sort of a well-known celebrity chef, which is where the problems always start. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was opening up at a new restaurant up in Manchester um, and they were like, yes, well, you know, I did my, my sort of mock-up 3D drawings that I do and sent the, yeah, they're like, I'm speaking to the restaurant manager and he's like, this is great, I, I love it. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm coming to the UK anyway. I said, shall I come to you? And I said, if you want, I'll make one physical model of, you know, of what they'll be. Um, and I wasn't really flying to the UK, but it's just a case of me getting right. there to sort of seal right. the deal, you know? Um, so yeah, so I'd made, I'd made the physical knife, um, flew over to Manchester speaking to the guy and he was like yeah yeah it's great 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 and i couldn't really get anything out of him any sort of commitment um and it turned out you know he wasn't the decision maker right. at all you know oh, he just shit. liked them and he was just like well i'll speak to somebody and i was just like as soon as i left i was just like this is going nowhere and it's cost you know a fair few hundred right. as well as making the actual knife as knife itself and yeah lesson learned massively yeah make sure you're speaking to the decision maker and it may not be you know the restaurant manager it may be you know whoever it may be um, but that's always a, a huge thing. Make sure when you are speaking to somebody, that is the person who will be making that end decision, not I shall now pass this on to somebody who can make that decision. You know? Well, experience uh, underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Massively. To, massively. I guess I, I do have one more piece. I, I haven't thought about this in years because this is this happened like eight years ago or something like that. Uh, one of the times that this guy came up, he also brought his kid. Uh, who wasn't, a, he's like a grown ass man. He's probably like five years older than me even. Um, but he brought his son along and then we met and we talked knives and he's the chef down in California somewhere at a private resort or some shit like that. And at one point the son's like, Oh, I'd, I have a guy who, who messaged me later. He's like, I have a customer. He wants to get me and him a custom knife. I was like, all right, great. Uh, that sounds cool. Send me an email or have him send me an email nothing ever came of that and then like two years later he's like hey still excited or interested in the knife i'm like all right cool have you guys send me an email he never had the guy send me an email and then literally like two years ago he still he reached out again he's like you know we've been waiting a long time for a custom order or for a knife like i don't know what's going on do you want this business or not and i was like you fucking idiot i told you to have your guy send me a fucking email and at that point all this shit had already gone down i was like and your dad's a fucking crook get out of my fucking life <laughs> fuck you guys i'm done did you say that no i, I mean it's i'm, I'm never like any, yes, i'm never good like in the moment yeah nobody is yeah. <laughs> nobody's good in the moment it's hard to be but good in the moment. afterwards i'm like you know yeah. i'm steaming and seething about it and i'm thinking i'm like that fucking the audacity you piece of shit your dad yeah. basically swindled me out of a fucking knife Ugh. and you're still up, up my ass about getting a custom knife built for you and your piece of shit customer wow fuck that you. is something maybe he thought maybe he thought maybe we can gild the lily and get him on another one Maybe they thought you <laughs> yeah. had to learn your lesson. It's another level, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Wow. Those, these are good stories. Yeah, that's actually, that's probably what he was. So he's like, that fucking sucker. Yeah. Well, you know who won't stiff you? <laughs> Lawrence over at Maritime Night. Now we're up yours, he has. Not nice he's looped up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't go oh, and dry. Oh, it's over with us and him. Oh. <laughs>
they are the one-stop shop for knife makers um anything that we mentioned on the show lawrence gets in stock so whether that be steel belts handle materials tools forges kilns more lube you've got everything he's the canadian distributor for combat abrasives um, they also sell rhino wet rhino stick and all the rest of it so maritimeknifesupply.com go take a look lawrence is a good dude he's a real part of the community um and they're also maritime knife supplier on instagram I'll class. tell you a good story. Maybe this is for after. So I almost got, I almost got truly screwed where I was, I was back in before I had, when I had before I even worked at a, as a, I was a, at a shop and I was a metal worker. This is 1996. I got asked mm-hmm. to make this railing for this sculptor. And I went, I to some drawings. I, I'd met with him. I really wanted the job. I talked with him and then he liked this drawing, like that drawing. And then he says, come with me to, I want to show you this other room I have. Oh and it was an apartment. It was a part. I'm telling <laughs> you, you want to, listen, before you make jokes, <laughs> before you make jokes, let me finish the story and then make jokes. He had an apartment, <laughs> an, a small apartment next in his built next to next to his office. Brought me in there. He says, eh, maybe we could be more comfortable here. I'm a young, impressionable guy who wants this job. Don't make jokes yet. And all of a sudden, I just started, we're going over the drawings and he's just like, He's not interested close. in the drawings at all. And I'm too stupid to realize he thought we were going to fuck. And I was not. I was just like, I clearly I'm ah. I was talking, I mentioned my eye, I'm getting married. And someone's, you know, by my wife. And he's like, I don't want to talk about your wife and stuff like that. But it, the crazy part was it didn't take. And then I was like, all right, well, we want this job or not. We can do this job or not. And he was just very much along the lines of he just didn't. He, we, he wanted nothing to do with the job. He really wanted he wanted me and i didn't realize it until after i left i was like i'm not hanging out we can have lunch in your apartment i don't want to do that i gotta i got work to do and i left and i was telling my wife about it i was like, yeah he brought me this goddamn room and 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 and, 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 and hillary's like hillary's like jeff he wanted to fuck you and i was like what are you crazy man he wanted to, we're doing a railing job here i don't know what nothing to do with that he had a different kind of railing oh yeah, yeah my wife for sure. there you go out of boy out of boy but my hillary's just like jeff What's the matter with you? I'm like, I'm trying to get this job. I'm trying to get this job. He's like, yeah, you're about to get a job, all right. You're about to give a job. You're about to give a job. That's so, what you get for being such a pretty boy fucking steal your girlfriend handsome when hey, you're 20 hey, years old. You know old. what? I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Well, <laughs> Jesus, I don't blame, you don't blame him. him. I don't blame him. I was a fucking piece of ass when I was 19, 20 years old. Oh, my God. New York sculptor. I was, oh, my God. That was a fucking problem. That was a problem for anybody. Are you kidding me? I don't Brilliant. blame him at all. But that would, that would be a good question to ask the audience. How far would you go for a big job? You know? Um, I said, you know, I've, I've said I've flown over to another country, didn't pan out, and Morocco got swindled too, and Jeff nearly got <laughs> fucked. So, you know, <laughs> what's the limit you'd go for a, a 10 grand job? I've gotten know? drunk with a female customer who clearly wanted sex. And I did, yeah. I just was like, once again, totally like blind eyed, bushy tailed. And like, she was, we were going to do, I was going to do this billiards table light. And it was a big job for this house. This is back, once again, Mm. hot stuff, fader, 1997, (laughs) looking good, ready to go. And I was going to do a pool table light, a table, and all this, all this fixtures. It was looking like $15,000 worth of work. And she's just like, let's have a couple of drinks. And I was like, okay, let's have a couple of drinks. Next thing you know, I'm just like, whoa. And she's, you know, it was like, 
once again, it was a different situation. And it was like, I got myself out of there. I'm like, hell, I'm coming home and I'm drunk. She's like, what do you mean you're drunk? It's like, I'm just my customer here. Mrs. Robinson got him like, drunk. Jeff, yeah. this woman's trying to fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's not true. The era of like bad porn, where like the the TV repairman yeah. comes in, and then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. bring in a oh, sculpture. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was totally like, almost the dude, like the plumber. Can you fix my pipes? Well, I guess. Pants come down. Next thing you know, just like whoa, professional here. Brilliant. Brilliant. We have more feedback just to let you know before we get out of <laughs> let's here. Let's do a couple of feedbacks. Yeah, let's do it. Um, this one comes from uh, Harry Gray. Uh, Allard Forge. Last week, we thanked Allard Forge. He said, um, Allard Forge said, you uh, will go ahead. He says, I, I had a good laugh from last week. Thanks for sharing the knowledge. It's always a good time listening to you guys. Basically, um, he had said his name was Dixon side, and we didn't realize that. And then Mareko said, yes, "You know, Dixon yeah. side." So he goes, J- uh, uh, "Thank you for that." Was really funny, Gabriel Allard from Allard Forge, uh, Allard Forge, not Dixon side. Fernandez <laughs> Forge says, "I too am disappointed, Mareko, for not catching the Dick reference. Since it's not the end of the world, I think we should cut him some slack." Sincerely yours, Barry McCockiner. <laughs> and then. Dylan Myrick says we should only take questions from these pseudonyms. <laughs> well, I added a few of I added a few of them, but I mean at the same time because like, it was getting good. So Dylan Myrick says the fist dip creator. That's Lou Sassel. <laughs> says, <laughs> <laughs> Lou Sassel. <laughs> Lou Sassel. That's a new, says that's a, a new one for me. Says a healthy glob of this premium lube will guarantee everyone achieves their monthly nut. You guys are the fucking best best podcast in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last but not least uh, our friend manufacturer scar smabolo remember them <laughs> this is the guy that craig told him his advice was learn how to fuck better <laughs> was, your, was your final was your final <laughs> request <laughs> good old manufacturer scar smabolo says i just want you guys to know that the quote guy who needs to get better at fucking according to craig is the same guy who is made aware of the fact that it's not damn a steel lab but damasteel ab sincerely the guy who got better at fucking (laughs) (laughs) not by correcting people like that surely because that's not we got the best listeners in the game man they they are funny i started thinking about all those hillary hillary sent me one where there's a there was a video where this uh there were i guess it was like a news show and they were like wishing people happy birthday and it was it was uh oh happy birthday to hugh janus and hillary's just Hmm. like that's the fucking best one of them all i'm like yeah yeah hugh janus is a good one yeah brilliant brilliant right okay before we go you guys need to tell everybody all about your grinders Oh, you're kidding me. Broadback Ironworks 2x72 grinder. It is an excellent grinder, and uh, I use mine all the time uh, for not only for just regular grinding, but I actually was using it for uh, parts for my, uh, my, my, uh, my anvil stand and stuff like that. And if you go to uh, broadbackironworks.com, you put in the promo code KNIFETALK10, you're going to get 10% off all the fixtures and stuff like that. But I got a message from our friend Ben Seacrest 
Fiery Ice and Forge, who's over at Broadbeck, and he says, we're going to run a special for Quad State coming up in two weeks, and we're hoping you could spread the news. We have 10% off all grinder packages, attachments, belts, and parts. We'll also be providing free assembly on the unpainted grinder kits during this promotion. We'll run it uh, September 15th through the 25th, and then we'll, re- then we'll return to our regular promotion of Knife Talk 10 on um, nine twenty six. So there's going to be a nice special deal with uh, Quad State. So nice. still getting ten percent off. But I'm with you. But uh, they ain't not I love my grinders. I love the Platins. They're intuitive. They're great. I use them on not only just the Broadbecks but other machines. And there are knife makers, and it's a small manufacturing business in the United States is doing a really great job. So Broadbeckironworks.com. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They said they make knives themselves. They know exactly what right. they're doing there. Good, good stuff. Right, shall we call that a day? 300. Wowzers. Right, thank you all for listening, and we shall speak to you again next Monday. Bye for now. I think about all the... Nice one. I think about all the things that could have happened in my weird life, and there are these, Hmm. like... You could think back to these turns that you could you went left when you should have gone, or you went left instead of going right. And if you'd gone right, what had happened? Big decisions. Yeah. And it's there are some moments of like, wow, that would have been bad. You know, mm. such as, I mean, being accidentally gay. I guess it would be would have been <laughs> accidentally. I mean, gay. I, I mean, I don't know what else to call it if I was just like, okay, I guess I'm having sex with this guy. I mean, that would have You been... wouldn't have said no. He was just gone with it. I'm saying if I made that decision, if I made that decision, it would have been something that I really didn't really want to do. <laughs> I could see that as your Instagram bio then. Uh, Jeff Fader, accidentally gay. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with didn't that. Didn't even want to. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, just like, I'm thinking about that. And I'm just like, yeah, well, I could have just said, okay, we're for the job, let's go. But I mean, obviously it wasn't for me, and I was completely unaware. So. Yeah. I bet we're going to get some now. We're going to get some uh, responses to that. You know, things you do for a 10K oh, job. Oh, jeez. Uh, our listeners? Oh, my God. Scars Mabolo? <laughs> we already know what he's going to do. <laughs> Scars Mabolo is all in now. He's like, a, he's like, he's all square yeah, away. Yeah, he's laid out a handle it yeah, now. He's yeah, he's no problems. <laughs> Trust me, I listen to you guys. I'm all better now. Don't worry. Everyone's getting fucked. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Ah, so what you guys got planned for the weekend now? I'm going up to uh, BrickCon is happening right now up in Seattle. So it is like a Lego, and huh. it's all it's like a convention where all these crazy um, builds were are are basically oh, on wow. display. Wow. They have some events going on where you can like uh, one thing they have like uh, Lego has expanded into like robotics as well. So and, yes, uh, which yeah, is yeah. really cool. We actually have a couple of those kits. They're fun, um, but where the the robots are like basically it's like battle bots but it's built with legos rather than a bunch of like metallic parts and stuff like that and so Hmm. uh they got that going on uh they also have uh some of the contestants from a show called lego masters apparently that's on fox i didn't know about uh but they're gonna be there signing stuff i don't know if the kid gives a shit about either of those really uh because we don't watch that show but anyways he's gonna love it i think and hopefully there's somewhere where the kids can pl- do some building oh and they have like a bazaar yeah, going yeah. on so or what they're calling the lego bazaar but basically it's just a bunch of people hawking used lego shit <laughs> so um which is still super expensive is, even used yeah. lego it's mad yeah. is it yeah 
Oh, yeah. 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 Like a, a good kit Crazy. that's interesting. Like something that would take my kid maybe a couple days to build is at least 160 to a couple hundred and fifty You're bucks kidding. or something like that. No. Yeah. Super Jeez. expensive. Yeah. Jeez. That's impressive. I'm, I'm stupefied. That's yeah. so shocking to me. He, my kid actually just got uh, this one set. Um, it's from like the Ninjago series. It's a Lego thing, whatever. But it's like this yeah. very elaborate dragon. Like the thing once it's built is like 16 inches long. It's got probably like over 400 different pieces in it. He built that fucking thing in like four hours. Wow. And that was a $180 kit. Wow. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. It's like cool. They are four branding hours, masters. <laughs> yeah. Branding masters, Lego. They really are. And um, they they come after people a lot, you know, like Disney kind of thing. And um, yeah, their prices are ridiculous and um, <clears throat> apparently amazing people to work for. Like my, my wife knows a few people who work at Lego mm. and they got all the perks. It's like it's meant to be amazing, paid very well, great holidays, all that kind of thing. Um, but not surprised it was $160 for a budget. I, yeah. I would imagine that the manufacturing of the Lego pieces in, in themselves aren't the hard part, but it's probably figuring out all the different pieces per kit. Like, how do you package them all very quickly? Oh, they'll have machines No, but for it's that. still yeah, a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh, five blue ones and two black ones and one thing with a blue with a triangle yeah. and the little dude with the hair. Well, but most kits have custom bits specific for that kit as well. Because you don't yeah. never, you, print, you rarely hear of like a kit, you know, not having three parts. Like you get mm. like a, a Ikea and all of a sudden, you know, you have 10 parts and then you're missing two screws. <laughs> yeah. But like Lego's <laughs> yeah. not, they got 5,000 parts and there's nothing missing. Yeah. Honestly, like yeah. often there's extra pieces. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's on purpose or if it's just part of the kind of the, the process of using robotics to, you know, package all this shit up. But there's usually extra, extra, extra bits, if hmm. anything. And it's usually like the And you go to most like... Most big cities now, they'll have a Lego store there. Yeah. You know, they're like Apple stores, you know, and you've got the kids when they're playing and stuff as well. Yeah, massive hmm. brand. Speaking of accidentally being gay, I accidentally got it. <laughs> I wasn't, but you brought it up twice I now. Accident, so you got I accidentally got tattooed this week. Accidentally? Did you yeah. fall on the needle? No, I, I, fr I was visiting my friend who had been tattooing me for 15 years. I was, I, was trying to, I was trying to work out the link there, but accidentally being gay, yeah, it's getting a prick inside you. Yeah, I, I understand the link. Okay. Golf clap. Yeah. Golf clap. That's a boy. That's a boy. You're good. You're good. <laughs> and uh, I uh, went to go see him because I was helping him out with something. And then he says in front of his uh, the secretary, he's like, when are you going to get tattooed again? He's been tattooing me for 15 years. I'm like, ah, well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. And, his, and the assistant wrote down a date and said, you're coming in 5 p.m. on Thursday. I was like, all right, well, I guess I better figure something out. <laughs> I figured something out, and we had a great time. It was like old days. And the interesting part was, he's I've been getting tattooed by him for 15 years, and for oh, throughout the years. And we had this really interesting conversation about validation. And one of the things, he's been a... a incredibly talented tattooist and he did stuff he, he recently just did stuff for like the new gta he did the tattooing for like the new um gta the video game gta grand you know theft auto about? yeah grand theft right. auto yeah. so he's like he's really and he's done 
famous people and he's very, very good. And he was talking about validation and I thought it was interesting because what he said was he just recently found sobriety and he was mm -hmm. going to visit uh, this other artist that he, uh, this other artist, kind of mini museum, a guy by the name of Frank Frazetta is a very famous graphic designer. He did, uh, I know that he's a huge influence on Jason Knight. He did like Conan drawings and graphic novel drawings yeah. and Tarzan and stuff. So, so, so Pat went to uh, this, the house and he met the wife and he met the grandmother or the, this grandson. And, and um, what he said was when he started to look at Frank Frazetta, who he saw as this icon and this hero and this person that meant so much to him, he saw the reference books. He was the same reference books he was using and the same paints oh, wow. that he uses. And he uses the same styles and the same anatomy books he was using. And all of a sudden, he f Pat felt this incredible validation because he's just like, he's not this, he's just like me. We're doing it. We're on the same road. And it was this really kind of yeah. interesting. We had this, I just listened to him just talking about validation and how you find your own validation based off of what you see and what you do in your experience. So it was a really kind of a, a very cathartic experience. So it was really I follow, cool. I follow a page called Frazetta Girls. Yeah. And it's a, it's basically, it's a gallery page that's curated by, I believe his daughters, right. or granddaughters or something like that. And it show, it's cool. It shows a lot of the finished work, some of the in process or like conceptual art. I've, I've been following it for a long time. I've always really liked that stuff. So apparently he never left the, 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 he lived on a farm and he never left. So like all of his drawings are based off of, and, and Pat looked at the one, he's like, oh, that's, that's from that picture. And that's from that picture. And, and it was really oh, kind cool. of interesting to just like see things through looking at his shop and looking at his, the way his table is and kind of humanizing him. And he's just like, I, he said to me, it was so amazing because I felt as though I in it, in it, inadvertently am kind of on the same road that he's on. I'm seeing the same things. I'm doing the same things. And it was really like, he said, he said it was incredibly, it was a relief that like all these years he's been tattooing and being a painter and being an artist, mm. that it was like this self-validation. It wasn't somebody telling him. It was just like, yeah. I can identify with this person. And it was like, it was an extraordinarily emotional situation because it was like, you know, he's going through it. And um, wow. I thought it was really kind of a neat, just just talking to him about validation and where we get our sense of validation from. So, so what did you get and where? Don't worry about it. I got a filler piece. I, I tell you what, you want to be honest with you. Somebody uh, somebody asked me, well, "What's the meaning of it?" I'm like, I don't do meanings anymore. I be, he's been doing my arm for so long. I wanted a filler piece, and I thought we needed a little yellow. So I went with some. Uh, I wanted he Banana. he's like, let's do a cheetah. Got Pikachu. Then I get a Pikachu. <laughs> I got a. I got a. Uh, we got this the cheetah. But I said I don't want it to. I want it to look. I want it to look a little, a uh, little fucked up. I want the. I want it to look a little. I want the hair to be tussled. I want it to look a little starved. I don't want like. I want a little bit of a fucked up cheetah. And they did it. It was a lot of fun. It was. But it was more along the lines of the whole. He's starting to curate the whole arm, and it's. It, the funny thing is, is my sister says, "You're gonna look. I can't believe you're getting another." I'm like, "Don't worry about what I'm gonna do. You're gonna look when you're old." And who the fuck cares? I've been. I've been on the same path since I was 18, and nothing is really. Mm. You know, I've just. I'm the same person I was when I was 18 and it was kind of felt good, you know, felt like I'm on the right way. So nice. There you go. Nice. Are you, oh, okay. go ahead. I'm surprised you had room on your arm anywhere. Yeah. Filler pieces, man. I got, there's filler pieces. A few spots. A filler piece. You're filler pretty piece. well painted. He stuffed it in. I uh, so to speak, as Craig likes to say. <laughs> and, uh, 
And there's room. You thumbed in a soft I had seat. a good. You know what? It was so. That was so. It was such a good, good experience. And like been getting tattooed by this guy for 15 years, and it's just like, yeah, I, I got room for more. And you know, we'll see. Got a few more spots, but I'm not like hot to get more. I'm not like uh, Roy Scott or something where I'm like, I gotta get you know every speck painted. But at the same time, it was like, it was uh, it was a good experience. So, yeah, there you go. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm going to get That's off what she said. because it's hot. <laughs> Jesus. That's God. your fault. You're still doing that? That's your fault. <laughs> right. Thank you all for listening. And we should be back next week with 301. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.